Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show by following us on Twitter at Championship Pod. Um, and you can follow my personal Twitter where I tweet about mainly Preston North End and Bruce Dortmund, which is at underscore James Vickers. I'm Rob Miles. I'm the editor of Tykes Mad. You can find me at barnsley-mad.co.uk. I'm Andy Buckley-Taylor, a Derby County supporter. I uh, write a blog for the Derbyshire Times group of newspapers and you can find me on Twitter at booktaylor64. Yeah, cheers for joining me today, guys. Um, we'll start, as we have done for the last few weeks, going sort of over the topics first. Obviously, we've we've covered sort of the, the main story in the Championship, really, which has been that one of Sunderland over the last few weeks. They got quite a, quite a good win yesterday, obviously, in Chris Coleman's first game in charge. Um, I think it was their first win in about sort of 10 or so games, which, you know, is obviously massive for them um, away at Burton 2-0. Both the goals came quite late on as well, which, you know, they could have easily let their heads drop that they weren't getting anything from the game, but they've managed to dig in and get a result. I just wanted to ask you both, obviously, with Coleman coming in, how do you think sort of their fortunes are going to change now, if at all? Um, and where do you expect them to sort of finish? I know it's a way off, but where do you expect them to finish the season now that he's come in and, and taken over from Simon Grayson? Now, I'll start with you first on this, Andy. Uh, I, I think it's still going to be um, difficult in the uh, weeks ahead for them. I think the the main thing that people are picking up, obviously, Sunderland have got a lot of debts. And you can tell by the type of appointment they're making once again, where they're not splashing out on a big-name manager and uh, they're trying to bring in an, uh, a manager um, who can possibly steady the boat and, uh, you know, get them to pull away from the... Uh, the foot of the championship table and you know it's uh, it's a difficult task I, I don't know how to judge Chris Coleman overall as a manager he had a, a little bit of success with Fulham although he, he did follow uh, I think Kevin Keegan there who had laid the foundations pretty well he took over the Welsh job done a, yeah did a pretty good job there Obviously, the app performed England in the uh, Euros last year. Given the right kind of support and maybe three or four decent uh, transfers in January, they should be able to pull away. I think they're. I think it's, there's still going to be a bit of uh, nail biting uh, for the Mackhams, and uh, I see them still finishing in the bottom six initially at the start of the season I didn't think they'd be in this sort of trouble that they find themselves in but they are 
and uh, judging on what's gone so far, I I still think they'll finish bottom six. Yeah, I think definitely. Obviously, you mentioned there about Chris Coleman coming in. They they've sort of played it safe, really, in in the aspect of obviously he's a manager who's who's worked in this division before, so he he, he knows what he's getting himself into. I think, as I mentioned last week, the only real question mark over him is how he's going to be. Obviously, coming from Wales, where he's he's managing a group of players, you know, once every couple of months for a few days how he's going to sort of adjust back to life, you know, every day, day in, day out on the training pitch and, and getting the most out of the players and especially turning around the fortunes of Sunderland, who sort of for the last 18 months have been used to losing nearly sort of every week, picking up the odd points here and there. So with that majority of the squad still as it is, uh, just sort of looking for the team that played yesterday, he hasn't, you know, made any drastic changes really. Um so it's going to be interesting to see how he gets them playing. Obviously, Burton are a team uh, in and around Sunderland, so it's a bit too early to say, but it was kind of a six-pointer sort of in that aspect at the bottom of the table, and it's it's so tight down there at the moment between sort of Reading and 18th and Bolton um, at the foot of the table that they've got a real sort of battle on their hands that they, they do keep picking up these points and don't get, you know, cut adrift or the other teams above them start to pull away a little bit. So I think it's a massive job that he's got on his hands and it's it's going to be one that's going to be interesting to to follow over the next couple of weeks, especially coming into the Christmas period where the games come thick and fast. Um, I think, as you mentioned, you know, a couple of additions in January to freshen up and sort of bring a bit of a better mood around Sunderland is, is definitely needed. Uh, just whether the owner, you know, puts his hand in his pocket um, to try and get him out of this situation um, or you know, is, is there to be seen. So it will be interesting, I think, to watch it over the coming weeks and it's, it's going to be sort of an interesting one for sure. Um, what would be your sort of thoughts on this, Rob? Uh, well, for a, for a club like Barnsley, it's quite worrying because they're one of the clubs below us. I was hoping that would stay below us, but I think, you know, they've got a fantastic manager there now in Chris Coleman. Um, I, I don't think you can read too much into him beating Burton. We went to Burton and scored four. So... I think they I think Burton and Bolton are probably the two that's definitely gone. So the worry so we're now worried that if Sunderland start surging up the league, it's gonna drag us us further down there. Um I've noticed well they've, they've not won a home game in twenty seventeen, Sunderland, and we're actually their first home game of twenty eighteen. So again there's a bit of a fear that they're gonna continue that poor run to the end of the year and then face us and, and end up beating us. But they're too big a club to stay down there for too long. I think even if they'd have kept Simon Grayson they would have it would have got out of it, but like I say, I think you know, beating Burton, it's not um, it's not something that cured all their ills. But I think with a, with a, with a manager like Coleman, who has overachieved with, with clubs in the past, obviously did it with Wales. I can certainly see them creeping further away from the relegations over over the course of the next few months. Yeah, definitely, I agree with you there. I think it is going to be sort of looking at it now. Bolton and, and Burton will probably be the ones who struggle. So it is as you mentioned, a bit concerning for the teams above that um, Sunderland, you know, have picked up the points here. And, you know, hopefully for your sake, they don't put a run together and sort of drag you into it. But it is, sort of, as I said, going to be interesting to watch it develop over the next couple of seasons, uh, couple of seasons, couple of weeks. Um, but sort of switching attention to the, the top end of the table now, obviously Wolves had a great win yesterday at home to Bolton, who, as we've mentioned, are down there. Um, Seven-point gap now they've opened up. 
uh, arguably the best squad in the division. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts, firstly, on are they going to run away with the league? Um, and then secondly, if anyone, who you think is going to catch them? Um, personally, I think it's going to be them who do win the division. Um, I didn't call that at the start of the season, but seeing the way that they've been playing sort of recently, I think there's there's not really a team in the division that's that's going to come close. I don't think they'll particularly run away with it. Um, but obviously, it's it's going to be hard for the likes of Sheffield United or Cardiff who don't have sort of the the strength in depth that Wolves have um, to to sort of mount a serious push on them. Um, as I said, want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, are they going to walk or run away with it? And and if not, which is the team that's going to catch them? Uh, yeah, I'll start. Um... I think they'll definitely win the league. I mean, at the start of the season, when they can go out and spend fifty million pound on on one player, it's you know it's crazy money for for the championship. They've also got a good manager who's who, you know has had success. I think was it, was it Porto, you know, to get a manager from a club like that's an incredible feat. And, and they have got strength in I think in in every area. But like I say, if you're going to go out and spend the money they have, you I think their fans and the owners would have been expecting them to be up at the top. Whether they'll They'll run away with it. I'm not sure. I can see Aston Villa. I think the fourth now. I think I can see them probably being their best challenges. You, you sort of feel Sheffield United fall away a bit. They've had a bit sticky week this week as well with a defeat and a draw. Cardiff. Well, what Neil Warnock's done there is a incredible. But he does it everywhere he goes. But again, it's not the biggest squad that, he, that he's got down there. So I think they see Wolves winning it. Whether they'll run away with it, I'm not sure. That they will. They will have some, you know, bad run. I know we went there and. We actually equalised in the last minute at Molyneux and, and still lost. So they will have a bad run at some point, but the, the strength and depth they've got, I think they can change a few players and, and, and still not like be, be, be weakened. Uh, well, I predicted at the start of the season that they were going to be there or thereabouts. They're up there. Um, they took a gamble. They brought in overseas manager. They invested heavily in overseas players. They've come in. They've clicked you know, right from the word go, and they're playing some lovely football. Um, they don't seem to be uh, dropping off yet. Uh, obviously, sometime or other, they're going to lose an odd game or two. But uh, I, I, I think Wolves will stay in that top two all the way to the end of the season. They're certainly the best side I've seen this season. Um, as for running away with it, Aston Villa are now... Uh, edging their way towards the top. Um, if they if they continue to pick up the points and put the pressure on, could make things interesting. Um, and I'm hoping if if the past dozen games, the past dozen games or so are anything to go by, maybe our lot can uh, be in there to put the pressure on as well. But uh, overall, I think Wolves. Uh, quite rightly uh, a massive odds on favourites now to win the division and I, I think they'll finish clear a third by around about five or six points uh, a nice little buffer uh, and uh, I, I, I truly believe that Wolves will win the division Yeah I think definitely that they're going to be you know there and thereabouts come the end of the season we um, the show that we did last week we went through sort of myself, Louis, who's the Sheffield uh, Wednesday representative, and Simeon, who's the Reading representative on the podcast, went through our teams, and both of their teams were, you know, heavily 
sort of wolves based um i think that's a testament to obviously they've they've brought in players for big money but you know we've seen in the past that spending money on on sort of foreign players or players who are coming down from the premier league um doesn't always necessarily work as it takes them a bit of time to get used to sort of the physicality of the division and you know the extra games that we play compared to a league like the premiership for example so I think they've they've definitely got it right in that aspect that even though they have signed these players, you know, for for big amounts of money, they've they've got them gelled quickly and and they're playing the way that the manager wants and they've all sort of bought into the sort of the philosophy of the manager, um, you know, which isn't an easy thing to do with you know bringing in quite a few foreign players in in sort of one hit. So in that regard, they've done fantastically well. Obviously, you know, we've we've all said that they've got the best squad in the division, so you'd expect them to be there or thereabouts. Um, I think over the sort of the Christmas period, especially for some of the players who aren't used to sort of the weather or, or playing this amount of games in such a short period of time, it will be a test. And I do think that sort of over the Christmas period, they may drop a few points. But if they can come out of that sort of January, February time, uh, as the fixtures start to ease off a little bit, still, you know, first or second, I think definitely then they'll sort of not walk away with it, but eat it sort of quite comfortably get get promotion back to the Premier League and I think you know they are a big club and I think that's ultimately where you know they they should be um they've got sort of the ground for it and the back in now so I think it will be a matter of time before they they do get up there whether it's this season or or you know next season if they don't quite manage it this year and um, I just wanted to ask you to now obviously um I, I'd imagine Andy's answer will be uh sort of fairly obvious but we we put a poll out on Twitter yesterday, just asking which team has has, the, has had the best result this weekend in the division. Um, obviously, Andy's derby went up to Middlesbrough and, and shocked quite a few people with the sort of the ease, really, that they they won the game. Um, we'll start with you first on this one, though, Rob. Who was sort of your not surprise result this weekend, but which one impressed you the most in terms of the team sort of picking up the three points? Uh, oh, I think obviously Derby's result was probably the standout one, but I was also quite um, surprised at Bristol City's result at Hull. Uh, Hull were 2 0 up, I think, with 15, 20 minutes to go, and Bristol City's come back and won that. And uh, I, was, I was looking at their form earlier, Bristol City, and the last like sort of 19, 20 games have they've barely lost any. So, I've, you know, especially if they had a really bad run last season, they've got our former manager there. Um, so, yeah, for them to go to Hull, I know Hull's struggling and and you know the the, the guy at holds under pressure, but to be two 0 down with I think that's like 15, 20 minutes to go and, and still win the game, I think that's a, an outstanding result. And I think you probably have to say Sunderland as well, because you know the run. Obviously, we we spoke about the run they were on. I know it's they're playing a team down the bottom, but you know they're like the sort of six pointers. So for Sunderland to go to Burton and get a result is is, is big for them. Yeah, for me, I mean Bristol City. We got a, a 4-1 spanking at their place earlier on this uh, season. And uh, when I was looking at the scores as they came through yesterday, I saw them 2-0 down at Hull and uh, didn't hear anything else until the full time. They'd won 3-2. And I think it shows the resilience that that team's got. Um, they've, uh, they've had to... Uh, once again, um, make adjustments into uh, losing players that they've had from a previous season. And uh, all I can say is they must have a manager there that's really on his game. 
because uh, they don't splash out money on big-name signings. Instead, what they do, that they get a team that plays as a team. And uh, they've been uh, formidable opponents for everyone that they've played so far this season. But to be 2-0 down, 20 minutes to go, and to win the game 3-2, you know, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, well, what can you say? That's, that's quite a comeback. And uh, I think that's probably performance of the day for me. Yeah, definitely. I think the Bristol result, especially considering that they were 2-0 down and then to come back and win it 3-2 in the last minute, uh, ex-Preston player Josh Brownhill, who scored the winner. Um, especially we we played them on Tuesday night, um, Bristol City at, at their place, and we went 2-0 up. And, and even at 2-0, they were still, you know, right in the game and asking questions sort of thankfully for us uh, on Tuesday night we managed to keep them at bay until the last minute where they got what turned out to be a consolation goal but you know there were signs there that even if they do go look up go a couple of goals down they still got those those dangerous players who can really sort of create something out of nothing I think Bobby Reed in particular who on the show last week we all picked as uh, sort of our, our star striker of the the season so far um, you know, brilliant yesterday, managed to score the goal that got them back to two all. And, you know, it's these players that they've brought in for not vast amounts of money, um, as Andy mentioned, and the manager's got them playing sort of the way he wants. And I think definitely, with the exception of the derby result, um, definitely result of the day, considering the circumstances that they were 2-0 down to come back and, and to get that win and, you know, to to get back to winning ways really after obviously we beat them on Tuesday night um, was great for them. Um, obviously the Derby result was brilliant for, for you, Andy. Um, Vidra with the hat-trick, which we'll get onto in a minute, um, you know, can't look past that as well. But considering the circumstances have been 2-0 down, I'd say the Bristol City result was probably a result of the day and sort of looking through the uh, the games as well, probably game of the day with the amount of goals scored in it, you know, for each team. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, we'll get into um, covering sort of this weekend's games and also the games in midweek now. Um, start with you first on this one, Andy. Obviously, two games this week for Derby. Um, you had a home game against QPR and then obviously the away game against Middlesbrough that we've touched on. Um, talk us through sort of firstly the week uh, and any sort of news coming out of Derby over the last sort of seven days. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Well, uh, we started off on Tuesday, as you say, with the 2-0 win against QPR. Um, not a game for the purist. Um, QPR came, um, basically, they came. Uh, they didn't really offer a lot, to be quite honest. I don't think Scott Carson had a save to make in the whole of the game. And we, we just did what we had to do to win, which was scoring two goals. Um, there were... There was a, well, about midway through the second half, the game did liven up a bit and uh, we were uh, more on the attack and the QPR, Q, 
QPR goalkeeper Alex Smith has uh, played out his skin for three saves that he made, which uh, on any other any other day uh, could have been a goal. Um, but the, 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 the actual pleasing thing for me in that game was uh, the performance of Andreas Bynum. He's been uh, a bit hit and miss since we signed him a couple of years ago from Aston Villa. I've never really seen a, 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 a good convincing performance from him until Tuesday night and uh, he got two assists so uh, that's good hopefully uh, he can continue that and then we we went on to yesterday uh, to uh, Middlesbrough not been a very happy hunting ground for us over the years and uh, it's somewhere where we usually come away with uh, a loss I, I, I went a few years ago where we led until the last 20 minutes or so, and we still managed to uh, lose the game 2-1. Yesterday, with the case of the first half, to be quite honest, was Middlesbrough with a better side. Um, we scored, Vidra scored the goal early on, but apart from that, it was all Middlesbrough. But after the break, things changed. Uh, they gave away the early penalty, which uh, Vidra converted. And uh, that second half was probably uh, one of the better performances that Derby's put in so far this season. Vidra completing his hat-trick uh, later on after their goalkeeper sliced it. And uh, if you'd have said to me that we'd have gone away from going away at uh, Norwich, Leeds, Fulham and Middlesbrough, We'd have three wins and be unbeaten. Well, I, I'd have laughed at you a few weeks ago, but it's happened. And, and I think what we're showing now is the team is now evolving how uh, Rowick wants them to play. He likes to get that ball moved into the opposition half quickly. And, we, you know, that result will make, uh, I think it'll make the division uh, sit up and uh, take notice that uh, we've got the intent to be involved in the uh, promotion chase uh, and uh, we've got a couple of games coming up this week so hopefully we can carry the momentum through and uh, anchor ourselves in the top six yeah obviously you mentioned there that sort of about getting the the rest of the division to take you sort of to take notice of you now um derby are one of the teams really over the last few seasons that have been quite unlucky to to miss out on promotion they've been there and thereabouts sort of every season for the sort of the past two or three years um is there sort of a noticeable difference this season that makes you think you know you can go that step further this season or is there still something missing that you'd say you know that is the thing that you you sort of missing to make you into that sort of serious contender I think we can give anybody a game there. You know, when we go into a match, whoever it is in the division, we've got to a stage now where we fancy we can get a result. And there's a noticeable difference in the side of play because if you look back over the past three, four seasons, we was playing the nice, pretty passing football. But uh, it, it did, you know, it, it didn't get us promoted. And I think Fulham are now in a, a similar sort of position to what we were. You know, they're, they're playing their nice, attractive passing football and they're falling short. And uh, I, I think uh, the main difference is now Gary Rowett has come in. And, uh, you know, 
passing footballs nice to the eye, but ultimately it's results business. And I think most people will take results uh, over the, the the niceties of uh, the, the the passing game. Um, not to say that it, it, it's all ugly, because uh, we do put some nice moves together as well. And and, and any long passes that we put in are, are that passes. You know, it's not the simple football um, and hit and hope type of football, which uh, the long game's often associated with. But uh, there seems to be a real buzz and uh, a real confidence about the players as well. And what is good as well is, whilst we don't dominate possession, um, if we are getting dominated by the other team possession-wise, we're making the counter-attacks uh, work for us and, uh, you know, coming up with the goods. So uh, I'll, I'll take this uh, every day. If, if, if this proves to be successful, then uh, Gary Rowett, because um, he's got one or two critics who, who like the pretty football, can say, well, I told you so, you know, that, that's, that's use what is working. Yeah, definitely. I do think um, obviously there's a, a bit of a difference this season in in regards that you are sort of winning games now where, you know, you're not playing sort of, as, as you said, as pretty a football, but, you know, you're getting the results now. So hopefully that continues for you when you, you're there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Um, to move on to you now, Rob, obviously two games this week for, for Barnsley. Um, you had a game against Cardiff and then a game against Leeds, which was on TV yesterday. Um, talk us through the week and then also, is there any news coming out of Barnsley that, uh, that we need to know about? Uh, it's, been a, it's been a very uh, sobering and depressing week, really. We we went into it in, in good form. We'd, we'd only lost one in eight. Uh, we'd gone to Norwich, Sheffield Wednesday, we played Middlesbrough, um, um, remained unbeaten, so... Even though we were playing two teams that are at the you know, top end of the table, we were quite confident, especially being at home, that we could at least get some points from them. But it's been, we've been very poor this week. Um, Cardiff came to Oakwell and did what a new one-up team does. They sat in, they probed, they pushed. We had the better of the set in the first half. Couldn't, we couldn't take any chances. And then they get a lucky deflection. They get, it sort of like bounced up off, off, off the guy's knee into the net to give them the win. And then yesterday was was really really disappointing. Um, we've got a very good home record against Leeds. We'd we'd scored like 17 goals in the past. I think like five home games with them. It's always a team we do well against at home, but just there was no effort. There was no commitment. It, yesterday's was one of the worst Barnsley performances I've seen um, certainly for for a few years. Um, Leeds were up for it from the start. They won three corns in the first two minutes. Um, and we, do, we just this week we just we've just not been in the, in the games and it's it's quite worrying really. Our home form since we've won promotions really really poor. I, I was looking earlier. It's we've played something like 33 home games since we, we came back up and we've only won nine of them. And, uh, and the, the lack of goals is is very concerning. I mean against Cardiff we had we had chances but you know we we're, we're not taking them. And then yesterday we just I don't think their goalkeeper had a had a proper save to make which in a in a local derby, in a local derby in which we normally do very well, in is is really really disappointing, and we've got a, a a big week coming up now. Obviously, we go to Reading on Tuesday, a ground again that we've done well in in recent years, and then we go to Bolton, where it's that is absolutely crucial that we, we win that game because it's been a it's been a very poor week. I don't think I think if you ask any Barnsley fan this week, they wouldn't have said we'd come out of it with no points from Cardiff and Leeds. So it's it's you know it's it's kind of worried us after we had a bit of a 
confidence from the, the eight games prior to it. Yeah, obviously you mentioned there quite a disappointing week for yourself. I've got a, a friend who actually works for Barnsley and he's sort of echoed what you said there, that it's been quite a disappointing week. Um, obviously you mentioned sort of at the start that Sunderland now getting that win is, is sort of putting the pressure on you a bit. Is there sort of a noticeable thing that, that needs to change really or is it just about sort of grinding and, and trying to sort of just get points on the board now? Yeah. Uh, well, judging by yesterday's performance, something needs to change because, like I say, it's, it's the first time I've seen us that poor and, and sort of like that disinterested um, for quite some time. We need to be more clinical, though. Usually, in, certainly in home games, we, we start off like a like a house on fire but don't tend to score. Or if we do, we only score once. And then the second half, the other team come on to us and, and uh, you know end up scoring to get a result. But yesterday, we, we, we even started poorly. I think... It's, our home form is the worrying thing for me. We, we're, we're doing quite well away, and I think possibly the way we play probably sets us up to be to be better away because you know we, we like to play on that sort of counter-attacking um, like sort of style of play. Whereas at home, when we're expected to like take the onus on, we we you know we, we, we struggle to to sort of make, make an impact. Um, there's a few players yesterday like Harvey Barnes who's been terrific for us. He's coming in. On loan, he was very poor yesterday and actually got subbed at half time to ensure he didn't get sent off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we do need to grind out results, but we have got players who, who on their day, can you know really tear teams apart, which, which we proved at Burton. But um, certainly this week's, you know, sort of knocked us all back a little bit. I think we're all getting a bit um, excited at the run we were on and how far away from the bottom we were, we were sort of like moving. So, I think this week's just knocked us back down a, a peg or two, certainly, certainly for the fans. Yeah, and, and moving on to Preston now. Last week on the podcast, I said that you know I'd be delighted if we even picked up a point from from the two away games that we had this week, being Bristol City on Tuesday night and then Norwich away um, yesterday. Um, and it turned out to be sort of that I was sort of quite wrong, really. We um, we went to Bristol on Tuesday night. Obviously, they fl- they were flying um, sort of at the time up near the top of the table and we were just starting to get players back now from injury and suspension which has kind of derailed our season really over the last few weeks you know a few weeks ago we were in and around the playoffs um, I think fourth or fifth at one point and then you know all the injuries happened at once and at one stage we had nine first team defenders out injured which you know you can have sort of the deepest squad in the world but if you've got nine of your defenders out injured or suspended it's you know it's not going to make it easy for anyone so we're starting to get those back fit now and it really showed against Bristol on on Tuesday night. It was sort of the the away performance that we've come to expect really um from Preston, whether it be under Simon Grayson or or Alex Neal this season, where we sort of as as Rob said, sort of similar to Barnsley, we set up on the counter attack and we we invite the pressure onto us and then lots hit teams on the break and you know, we did that fantastically against Bristol on on Tuesday night. Um we came away with a two one victory, which, you know, absolutely fantastic considering that I thought we wouldn't get anything out of the game. Um and you know, we we scored just on the stroke of half time, Paul Gallagher, um, sort of quickest to pounce on a loose ball in the box and you know, we, we saw out the majority of the second half and then got the second with about 15 minutes to play through Callum Robinson, who, you know, we'll probably admit himself he's not been at his best this season. So it was great to see him get on the score sheet and, you know, sort of take his chance while Sean Maguire's out injured. Um, 
you know, so delighted for him. Um, sort of the only negative really on the game was was letting them get that goal at the end. Um, but, you know, we managed to hold on for the last minute or two then and, and see out the game and win 2-1. Um, sort of quite funny after the game on Twitter, um, Josh Brownell, who actually scored the winner for, for Bristol yesterday, um, used to play for us and came for our youth academy. And his, his dad, I don't know if he'd had a drink or two on Twitter, was... Uh, <laughs> quite sort of cynical of Preston really sort of during the game and uh, I think he quickly deleted his tweets after the uh, or sort of the next morning so it was uh, sort of keeping a few fans entertained on Twitter after the game Um, but then going into yesterday Norwich away um, even though they hadn't won I think it was six or seven home games um, Norwich away is probably one of the hardest places to go in the division Um, just sort of of the sort of the stature of the club and you know to come away with a point and a one-all draw absolutely fantastic we were you know unlucky not to win it we had the chances Alan Brown if it had gone in would have been goal of the season managed to uh, set himself up with his back to goal by flicking the ball in the air and then uh, hitting an overhead kick which came off the underside of the crossbar and you know if that was an inch or two lower I'd be talking now about um, sort of a fantastic week two wins away from home but you know, four points away from home, considering the difficult run we've been on. Um, absolutely fantastic. So I can't complain too much. Um, delighted with the results over the last week. And really now it's about moving on to next Saturday against QPR, who have been struggling a little bit. Um, picking up a sort of a, a much needed win at home. And, you know, um, after that, I think it's Burton away, which again, you know, is, is a game that's there sort of for the taking really. So, We've sort of found our form again at sort of the right time to stop sort of the bad run of form that we were on before it, you know, turned into any real concern and we started slipping towards the relegation zone. Um, we're sat sort of fairly comfortably in mid-table now and, you know, we're sort of closer to the playoffs than we are the relegation zone. So hopefully um, it's sort of the turn of the corner again and we can we can start trying to mount a, a push for the playoffs again. Um but obviously, we've sort of all touched on it a little bit there. Um, there's games this week. Um, both of your teams have two games coming up um, this week, midweek and then weekend. Um, we'll start with you first, Andy. Obviously, you've got a midweek game, which I believe is... Let me quickly check my notes, because I completely forgot until you uh, reminded me at the start of the call. Um, Derby are at home to Ipswich um, on Tuesday night. And then you've got a sort of a, a difficult, or I say difficult, um, sort of home game against Burton, who obviously will be be hurting off the defeat at the weekend, and you know looking to get back to winning ways and putting points on the board. Um, how do you see both the games going, um, and what would be your score predictions and, and sort of expected points from the two games? Uh, I'm expecting two close uh, victories, but uh, you don't always get what you expect. To be quite honest. Um, when we play Ipswich, we've got a good record away at Ipswich, but we haven't got a brilliant record at home. We're, we're teams that uh, are quite good at uh, winning at each other's ground. Um, Mick McCarthy, I think, has done tremendously well this season. He's, he's got Ipswich hovering around the play, you know, just below the playoff zone, and he, he does. He doesn't have a lot of money to spend. So, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 t- I tip my hat to Mick McCarthy there. Then we got uh, Burton Albion, obviously, a bit of added spice because uh, both managers used to manage the other side. Nigel Clough had a few years with us and uh, steadied the boat. I mean, overall did a, you know, a half-decent job with us. 
And obviously, Gary Rowett started his managerial career at uh, Burton Albion. And uh, after they'd sort of uh, they got into the league and then they had a few years where it was very so-so. When he, when he left them, he left them top of League Two. So you could say he, he laid the foundations for the success that followed. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a local derby there, um, but it's only the third time we've ever met in a competition. Last season, they beat us 1-0 at their place, and it was 0-0 at ours. Um, they've also got five or six ex-Derby County players in their squad, people like Stephen Bywater, uh, Jake Buxton, Tom Naylor, Sean Barker. They're all ex-Derby. So uh, that'll add a bit of spice to it as well. But, I'm, you know, I'm very hopeful for both of the games this week. Uh, we can uh, get six points from them. And, and, we, and we need to. We, we need him to be winning fixtures like this. Uh, to keep in the top six and also to keep the pressure on the top two. Yeah, and moving on to you, Rob, obviously uh, a game in midweek as well for Barnsley and then a game next weekend. Um, You've got Bolton first in midweek uh, and then sort of a difficult-looking away game at at Reading at the weekend. How do you sort of see the week going and what would your um, sort of score and results predictions be for for the two games? Uh, I think it's, it's Reading we play midweek and then it's Bolton on a Saturday. Reading's the game we play because it, it, it was um, sort of like rearranged a few weeks ago because we had to play Derby in the, in the FA Cup. This is sort of like our game in hand. Uh, it's, it's a big game for us. They're below us by one goal, I think. Um, I mean, it's all, like I say, it's all doom and gloom at the moment, so it's just like us to, to go and get six points now when everyone's expecting us to to lose. Uh, we've got a good record at Reading. We've won two of the last three trips there. Um, so, and then, you know, we're, we're playing two teams this week who are below us. If we can get, if we can get six points, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying we're going to. If we could, it really does push us away from that, from that bottom three. But um, I'll probably take a point on, on Tuesday and then if we get three points at Bolton. Bolton's not a happy hunting ground for us, though. We've, we've not done very well there in the past. Um, but, uh, and I mean, we're away again, like I say, being away, it's seems to suit us better than being at home at the moment so I'd, I'd probably take four points from this week but I can just as likely see us getting none but we, we need to we need to score goals if we can get scoring goals again I think we'll be alright but it's, it, it is a massive week for us playing two teams like I say who, who are below us and, and in the case of Reading if they beat us they go above us so that pushes us even further down the table so it's it, it's two sort of even at this stage of the season it's two two six pointers for us really yeah, and then sort of moving on to Preston. Obviously, no midweek game for us this week, which, which is quite good for us. You know, we're we're slowly getting players back from injury, and the last thing you want when you're just coming back from injury is you know sort of two games a week. So, be nice to have a bit of a rest this week for um, for some of the players that have been coming back, like Tom Clark and Darnell Fisher. So. Good on on sort of that end. Um, we go into the weekend and we've got a, a tricky home game against QPR. Um, obviously, they're not in the best of form, but then again, neither were we until sort of this last sort of nine days or so. Um, hopeful for the three points. Obviously, we've had a couple of uh, difficult results at home over the last couple of weeks. So I think mainly for us, it's about getting points on the board again and, and you know, sort of looking at the table between us in 13th and then Middlesbrough in 7th, you know, you're separated by three points. So 
a win at the weekend and that turns that that mid-table sort of obscurity at the moment into you know you just uh, a place or two outside the playoffs so um you know a win is is desperately needed um sort of us Fulham Sheffield Wednesday Nips which are all on the same points as well which you know all four of us might win all four of us might lose but you know if we, if we get the win you know it sets us up quite nicely going into Burton then next weekend um who sort of on paper you'd expect to beat at the moment um to sort of really close the gap on the playoffs so hopeful for a win it won't be as easy sort of as many fans think it'll be at home against QPR you know they're a resilient side and they have a knack of sort of um sort of digging up points when they need to so by no means do I think it'll be easy but I think sort of especially in the forward department um and getting players back from injury and defense we should have a little bit too much for them so if I was to go for a scorer I'd probably say 2-1 or 1-0 I think it'll be quite a tight game but I think we've got enough especially after the the confidence that we've gained from these last two results we should have sort of just a bit too much for them um, and, you know, hopefully this time next week I'm on the podcast talking about another fantastic home win rather than, you know, was getting onto a good run and then immediately stopping that momentum with a sort of a poor defeat. Um, but with that, we're uh, we're out of time. So if you two would like to tell everyone where they can follow you um, and any projects that you're involved in, now would be a good time. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Rob Miles. You can find me on Twitter at 21 Tyke. You can find all my articles at www.barnsley-mad.co.uk. Andy Buckley-Taylor, Derby County, uh, blogger for the Derbyshire Times group of newspapers. And you can find me on Twitter at BuckTaylor64. Yep, and as I said at the start, I'm on Twitter at underscore James Vickers. Um, I write for a Preston North End fan blog, which is at Deepdale Digest. And I also tweet quite regularly about Bundesliga as well. So if you uh, are interested in any of that, definitely give me a follow. Um, and you can reach us at the show on Twitter at Championship Pod, where we've got a few sort of polls coming out, um, sort of stats from around the division and, and covering the majority of games as well. So definitely check out the new Twitter page and and sort of share it with your friends as well. Um, but yeah, cheers for joining me today, you guys. Um, looking forward to having you on again. Um, but as I said, with that, we're out of time. So thank you. Thank you.